0: Thank you for joining us on
1: Love That
0: VoiceOver, where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone. In depth, I am your Sheik Geek,
1: unique host. Love that Rebecca.
0: Hey everybody, you Chic Geeks unique peeps! This is Rebecca, and I am so excited. Today I have with me Mr. Herb Moore. Hey Herb, thanks for joining me today. Hi Rebecca. I wanted to give a bio on her because you guys probably don't know, but he works for Walt Disney Studios and also does other work in animation on his own. He has animationsoup.com. Is that right, .com?
1: It's .net. I tried to get .com, but somebody already had it based out of Japan, oddly enough.
0: Well, who the heck is that? Well, animationsoup.net. <laughs> That's why I asked. He is also an an Emmy-nominated animator. He has been in the animation business for over 20 years. Um, As I mentioned, he has worked at Walt Disney Studios, Warner Brothers, Universal, Cartoon Network, Hyperion, Sullivan Bluth, Klasky, Supo, as well as numerous independent studios. So we have a wealth of information we're going to delve into today with Herb. But I want to mention some of the credits. Simpsons, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Superman, Batman, Justice League, Road Rovers, Hysteria, Scooby-Doo, Static Shot, Rugrats, Ah, Real Monsters, etc., etc. And currently, Phineas and Ferb. Now, as I mentioned, he is Emmy-nominated. He has been nominated for two Emmys and received five Emmy certificates for animated shows he worked on that have won Emmys. And as I also mentioned, he has also developed his own humorous animation website, animationsoup.net, and you can see a lot of short films there that he has done, as well as he has brought in others to join him, um, people he wants to highlight. He also, on the side, like he has time, but he does... uh, (laughs) You are the board ambassador for the nonprofit International Children's Art Network Corporation. You just became the latest addition to their board of directors in March, isn't that right? This year?
1: That is correct.
0: Yeah, very cool. So we are going to have a fantastic time with Mr. Herb Moore today. I always want to say herb because, you know, the thing, you know, the (laughs) sage, the cilantro, it's herb, not herb. (laughs) Gosh, I'm terrible. Does anybody ever, does that ever happen to you?
1: You know, it actually does quite a bit. And it's surprising because you think culturally it might come from certain people, but it happens all the time from all different types of people.
0: I can call you Herb with an H. That's right. <laughs> I feel excited. I'm so happy. Now I understand um, we're going to start the interview by looking into your past.
1: <laughs>
0: I understand you were born <laughs> in Kentucky. Tell us a little bit about your life before animation.
1: Well, I uh, I was born and raised uh, on a farm in north central Kentucky
0: Wow! Uh, my
1: mom and dad were uh, great supporters. I had four sisters. They were great supporters of a family environment, very encouraging. Uh, my dad and one of my sisters—they're uh, phenomenal artists, far wow. better than I am. So oh, I gosh. had this support group as well as, as uh, I guess maybe some genes to uh, establish my love for animation. But it actually started out of a love for uh, you know Walt Disney and what he was creating in the '60s. And then, of course, what the studio created after he passed away in the 70s. Sure. And um, I just happened to have skipped out of a semester of college and went to Walt Disney World and drove a boat at the Jungle Cruise. And that's where I decided that I wanted to go back and get my art degree and move to Los Angeles and get involved in the film industry, and more specifically, cartoons and animation. Oh, so... So that's what I did. And uh, surprisingly, Rebecca, I have found over the course of my years uh, in this business that a lot of people end up in animation that never intended to, I came out here specifically to do exactly what I've done.
0: That's great. That's an unusual circumstance, especially for people who end up in L.A. Um, they they often go there and don't end up doing what they intended to do. <laughs> um did you have a moment where you realized you were right for being an animator? Did it happen when you were young? Did you know you wanted to become an animator?
1: Yeah, that's, it, it's funny you would ask that question because that's exactly what happened. Wow. I was sitting in my apartment in Orlando, Florida, uh, while I was working at Disney World. And uh, I, I literally was bored to death because I, I worked two days a week on Saturdays and Sundays and then had Monday through Friday off. And the whole point of going to Florida was to figure out what do I want to do with my life. And uh, i I kept making notes of the pros and cons of all the things that I liked.
0: let me let me and interrupt it, you. Let me interrupt you keep this thought. Sure. But it's funny because you said you went to Florida. To figure out what to do with your life. And, you know, Florida, a long time ago, I don't know about today, had a reputation of being the place to go retire. That's hysterical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, leave it to me not to do things the way way it's scripted, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. uh, Please continue.
1: (laughs) I couldn't help but sit there and, you know, I think every young person feels like there is a reason that they exist at some point. You know, what can I contribute And um, I was out of high school. I was working for my father. I went to college for a year, and I still just didn't feel like I I knew really what I wanted to do. So I made a list, and uh, every time I looked at this specific list, it always came up as film animation. And I was like, well, I'm not an animator. I have some art in my background, but that's what I want to do. It just clicked all of a sudden. So I said, I'm going back to school. I'm getting my art degree, and I'm going to Los Angeles.
0: Where did you go to school?
1: I went uh, to Western Kentucky University, which is not known for its fantastic art department.
0: Did you make connections there? I mean, if you're c- creative and talented, it probably doesn't matter where you get your start.
1: Well, you're right. Um, looking back on it, there probably were a lot of other places I could have gone that would have provided more of an animation background. But um I looked at it like I needed to get some of the basic techniques down of just art and drawing in general. So that school happened to be close to where my father's businesses were. So it was an easy choice for me. Right. But having been in the business like I have been, I look back on it now, and there was a lot of phenomenally talented people that never came out of college with art degrees. It really is just a matter, I think, of how persistent and determined you you are to what you want to do. And um, so I, I w- the more I've been in the business, the more encouraged I was that I may not be the most artistically talented, but that's not the only requirement. You know, a lot of it is just being silly and creative at the same time.
0: Are you silly and creative?
1: Yes, ma'am. I absolutely am.
0: You're answering me with such distinguished honor.
1: (laughs) That's right. Well, I guess if you're going to get recognized in this business, if you could say you're one of the top silly people, that actually is pretty good.
0: It is. I want to give you an award for that. (laughs) Well, so um, I just want to touch really briefly on the fact that you mentioned, I think you said it was your father and your sister who were also pretty, pretty, pretty good artists. Yes, and what, yeah. what what were they doing animation cartooning kinds of art as well, or was their style different?
1: Well, I'll tell you about my sister first because she is uh, um, she is a genuinely talented artist. She can draw, sketch, quick sketch, she can paint in different mediums. Um, I always looked up to her because she really had a passion art in general. It it really wasn't any one thing that she was good at. She has always been good at a lot of different stuff. Wow. And um, so it it was great to see because she just didn't have a limit.
0: She was an inspiration.
1: Yeah, very much so. Awesome. But it was my father who, uh, my father, uh, my mother and father are both still alive. They're in their 80s. They're in good health, and they're still, you know, just great support. That's wonderful. Um, he was uh, he wanted to work for Walt Disney but he wanted to, to stay in Kentucky he was very attached to his uh, his mom and dad and his family and so he thought at the time which would have been back in the 50s yeah that he uh, you know he could freelance as they say and he actually sent a, a note to the Disney Studios and they said well if you're willing to move to Los Angeles we're willing to consider you
0: wow. and
1: it It kind of put him in a weird position of, well, I don't really want to go there, but I'd love to work for him, which I'm sure a lot of artists around the country at that time probably felt the same way. Right. My dad decided that he was going to take his artistic talents, uh, which were probably just as diverse as my sister's, but he focused on um, uh, creating wax sculptures and
0: um, uh,
1: started sculpting American historical wax figures, which consisted mostly of just the head or the bust. And then he would buy a mannequin body and attach the wax head to the body and then outfit it with clothing. Oh, my gosh. If he did Sam Adams, then he would buy the body and and get a colonial outfit and, and, you know, clothe it. Right. And he would also sculpt the hands. And you would sit there and go, wow, that looks just like, you know, Sam Adams. He was was very, very talented at it. Wow. But the problem was it takes a long time to create a wax figure. And so he decided that he was going to find some of the best wax sculptors in the country and create what eventually became... The Mammoth Cave Wax Museum, which was located about five miles from the main entrance to Mammoth Cave National Park. Oh my
0: God! So that
1: was what I grew up with. Yeah, it was. It was. It's phenomenal because that—that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I always tell this story because it is. It, it still fascinates me that my dad did this. But when he started purchasing wax figures, uh, and I do not recall the company and the people that actually created them, but I think it was a husband and wife team. But they would shift the wax head and the hands to my father, and That's Dad kind would store them in a dark, cool closet. Oh my God! Um, and, and I remember we had a house cleaner at the time that stumbled across those boxes, and one of them happened to be partially open. Oh. And she opened it up and saw this head, <laughs> and quit. She literally ran out of the house and said she would never come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Duffy McTaggart needs to show this story and experience it with us. <laughs> that's so scary. That's like a that's like a, a movie I saw in black and white that was a scary movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's and that's what I grew up with. I don't think there are probably too many Americans that can say they had that kind of a childhood.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you do the comedy that you do and the cute images that you do when that's kind of creepy in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, my favorite movies uh, are either action adventure or scary movies. And I'm sure that those scary moments in my childhood, fun but scary moments, right. have a great deal of influence on what I like entertainment-wise. <laughs> I
0: bet. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, that is really cool. And to be a, a wax sculptor, it's in a whole other uh, discussion. I'm sure we could go really in deep on that. But I really <laughs> wanted to find out about the influences of you, and this is clearly a big influence. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Well... Now, let's jump forward to how you got from Kentucky to Los Angeles. Can you give us a snapshot of that?
1: Yes. Um, when I graduated in December of 1983, um, I went from uh, uh, my college in Western Kentucky University in Bowie Green, Kentucky, back to where my mom and dad lived um, in Cynthiana, uh, Kentucky, which is 30 miles north of Lexington beautiful horse farms. Yeah, I've heard Um, of those. I had told them, you know, now that I was done with college, I was going to fulfill my dream. And so in March of 1984, I left Kentucky and drove across country to Phoenix, Arizona, which at the time I had a college buddy uh, that had graduated and moved back to Phoenix with his family. And he said, why don't you come out and, uh, you can stay with my sister and I, we have an apartment and then, uh, you know, you can make your jump to Los Angeles. So oh, yeah. I said, okay, that would be great because I really didn't know anybody in the Western part of the United States outside of my friend from college. So that's what I did. And when I got to Arizona, of course I didn't have much money, but who does when they you know first get out of right. college and, no. Um, I got a job in Arizona and then I got two jobs in Arizona and then I got married and then I got divorced and then I got remarried. Wow. So the next thing I know, and I got a second art degree and the next thing I know, I've been living life for seven years, but I haven't made it to Los Angeles. And you're so close. (laughs) And my wife and I just said, we're going. Good. We're leaving. All
0: right. She was the right one. So we have
1: we were kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies. We packed up our car and moved to, to Beverly, but uh, <laughs> but actually we moved to North Hollywood.
0: <laughs> Very cool. So that's how yeah, you got it, there. You just decided, well, really. You picked up from Arizona and said, we're
1: going. It, it was always the dream, and I always said I wanted to do it, and I was close. But uh, we actually had the uh, the president of the uh, the school that we were going to, which was another art school at that time, Um, and, uh, we sat down with him and I told him my frustrations and he just looked at me and said, Herb, if that's what you want to do, just go do it. Good advice. uh, It was like, okay, then that's what we're going to do. I kind of needed somebody to give me that little nudge. And, uh, we moved to to Los Angeles had an apartment in North Hollywood. And the first year that we were here, um, we went through numerous difficulties, uh, probably one of the most Common uh, things was we went through a couple of earthquakes, not major, mm. but at the time they were kind of scary. Sure. I had my automobile stolen. I was held at gunpoint. Oh, wow. Um, what an... After all of that, we had the LA riots. What a welcome. And Yes. And my wife and I were kind of like, well, maybe this isn't the smartest thing that we've ever done. Oh
0: my gosh, I but can't... it
1: was also kind of like, it's a test. If this is what you really want to do, or are you going to put up with this kind of stuff? Right. And um, we decided, yeah, that's that's why we came there. And that's what we were going to do is we're just going to have to persevere through the difficulties of getting used to L.A. And I should say that was we moved here in 1991. And have been mm. here ever since.
0: Man, you guys picked a weird time to move to L.A
1: it was it was very you know maybe it was common we hadn't been here before certainly it seems like things have settled down a lot since then but yeah it was a very weird time yeah to, to survive you know
0: yeah congratulations you you passed the test and then another one in Arizona and then another one, the official one at art school <laughs> and then finally in LA <laughs> north hollywood That's right. Woo. Wow, congratulations. We're going to take a quick break now that we know the history of Herb. We're going to come back and get into the present. Thank you so much. Hang on with me, okay, Herb? Got it. You've been listening to Love That Voiceover, brought to you by your host, LoveThatRebecca.com. Thanks for listening.